tea drinkers and listeners, this is Corey Calder with Staffleties Tea. It is my great pleasure to welcome on board today, Mr. Dave Birch's Teach Like a Pirate. We're walking the plank, we are spilling the tea, and we are having a blast today talking not only virtual teaching, but also what great teachers need to do to be great teachers. This is a fantastic episode, and it was an absolute pleasure to have on Mr. Dave Burgess himself, author of Teach Like a Pirate. And there's the bell. Time for class. What's going on, Education Nation? This is Corey Calder with Staffleties Spilling the Tea. It is my great pleasure to have on one of the coolest guys in education who's had a huge impact on my educational career and tons and tons of others, Mr. Dave Burgess. How's it going? Hey, Corey, thanks for having me on the show. I really appreciate it. Well, we're super pumped to have you on. And just so the view or the listeners can kind of understand, um, you know, I saw one of your PDs in Henrico County in Richmond, Virginia, a couple years, not a couple, like five years back. And I was going to the PD and I was like, oh, teach like a pirate. Oh, okay. What's this going to be all about? And I'm just like, you know, being all negative. But once you kicked it off, I mean, you had us engaged for the entire hour, hour and a half. And from that moment forward, my teaching and outlook on teaching completely changed. Oh, man, that's, thanks so much. I really appreciate you saying that. Yeah, I love getting out there. Obviously, now with uh, COVID, haven't been out on the road as much, um, but I'm, I'm, I miss it. I can't wait to have things settle down and get back out on the road. Turning a lot of this stuff virtual now. So, you know, doing a lot of them virtual, but I, I love doing the presentation. Well, we, um, we definitely look forward to it. And I've been keeping up with it virtually. And no matter what it is, you and your your entire team is just rolling with the punches. So we, as Twitter followers, appreciate that. Oh, yeah. It's definitely, you have to adjust, you have to innovate, you have to be creative, you know, to whatever the circumstances are. And I think, you know, every, we're seeing that across multiple professions and education is right in the right in the heart of that. Excellent. Well, so let's um kind of dive into Teach Like a Pirate first. Um, you know, where did you get the idea to write it? When did, when did your you know, career switch. And when did you start teaching like this, where you would dress up, you would change the entire atmosphere in the classroom and you made things more engaging for kids kind of spill the tea on that. Yeah. So it started pretty early for me and it was a matter of survival. And I realized that, you know, I was working with a pretty tough crowd and I realized if I, if I didn't change something, if I didn't find some way to connect, find some way to engage these students, I was probably going to burn out and have to leave the profession. So a lot of it was just trial and error say okay that didn't work and trying something new and trying and kind of uh going through it in a trial error fashion and then my department chair came to me one day and he said hey i just got put on the professional development committee for the district and i thought how cool would it be if we put together a workshop based on some of this crazy stuff you're doing down, down in your room that nobody understands right and i agreed to do that workshop for the peers in my district and what that did is it forced me all of a sudden to become much more intentional about my teaching. Some things that I had been doing through trial and error. Now all of a sudden it's like, wait, how would I capture this? How am I going to teach this to somebody else? What is my process? Why does this one work? And why doesn't this one work? And in the process of putting together my workshop, that made me so much more reflective and intentional about my teaching. That's why I always tell people, hey, sign up to do PD, like in your district, at a conference, local, national, whatever. Once you have to capture what is unique about you, your secret sauce, your magical recipe for uh, what you do in your classroom, oh man, it's going to change your teaching forever. Well, and, and, and it definitely has. And you know, just seeing examples. And I remember in that PD, you showed videos of like kids reaction to your lessons and, 
and they love you to death. It seems like a really cool place to be was um, inside your classroom. Um, what books would you recommend um, from your, you know, plethora library of books? What books would you recommend for teachers to kind of get their gears going for this virtual teaching? Oh, uh, yeah. So there's, there's several of them. Uh, you know, one of the ones which uh, has a ton of free resources to go with it is Tech Like a Pirate by Matt Miller. So we just we just finally I finally convinced Matt. He wrote Ditch That Textbook for us and a couple others to, to write Tech Like a Pirate. And if you go to actually techlikeapirate.com, he's got a ton of re- free resources on there. You don't, even, you don't even have to get the book initially. You can access all sorts of stuff. And so that would be one for sure. I love Control All Achieve by Eric Kurtz. Has unbelievable stuff. If you're a Google district, seal the seven C's with Microsoft Edu. If you happen to be a Microsoft district, um, we uh, um, have uh, lots of Casey Bell's book with us is fantastic with ed tech stuff. Um, there, there's tons. All the Alice Keeler, all the Alice Keeler books, teaching math with Google apps and things like that um, are fantastic as well. But so we have all, we have lots of teachers that are putting out great content right now. Um, in fact, at dayburst.com, you can find a, a post on my website that is over 50 activities that you can do in a remote learning setting to start your school year off. So it's like back to school activities in remote learning setting it was curated by um, Carly Mora and Matt Miller. It's fantastic. It's right at dayburst.com. You can find it. Very that. cool. Well, yeah, I'll, I'll make sure I put all those in the show notes so people can go and find and, and check it out. Cause you know, for me, just so you know, I'm taking a jump out of the classroom. I'm starting my first career um, role full time as an administrator this year as an admin intern. And so I'm looking through some of your books and looking through a lot of your posts because I want to do some sort of book study with the departments I'm overseeing. And so I'm going to have to check out, you know, your link on dayburgess.com. And then I'm thinking either next level teaching or one of the like a pirate books, which it might be tech like a pirate. Yeah. I know Jonathan's book's fantastic. Next level teaching. He's such a passionate educator. Uh, I love what he's doing kids. Another one. Um, I, I'm, I'm so inspired by how, how much people have been sharing of their content. Like Stacy Roshan for us, she wrote Tech with Heart, which is kind of about the flip model of education, how she's been using that in order to empower all kids' voices. She just released her entire uh, calculus curriculum. So imagine someone taking their entire like online calculus curriculum and just she just released it to everybody wow. for free. She knows that she knows that teachers are in a tough spot right now. I'm seeing that over and over again where I'm just like, wow, I cannot believe what it is that you have created and put out there. And so, you know, obviously there's a lot of tragedy that's gone along with, with the pandemic, but I've also seen some uh, people make connections and some collaboration and some increased focus on SEL like the social emotional learning aspects of education and saying like, Hey, maybe my next content standard isn't the most important thing right now. Maybe the most important thing is checking in on these kids and making sure they're okay. Checking in on my colleague strategies for myself as well. And so I love to see some of the kind of the, and like auxiliary or side benefits that have come along with this. Yeah. And and I think once we escape this pandemic and, and we all move on from it, we will all be better educators because we're going to have to use all these brand new tools this fall. And we would be dumb uh, if we were just to not use them when we went back to the classroom, we got to find a way to infuse all this stuff we're doing now for when we're back full time in the building. Yeah, I agree. And so it was, you know, it's obviously uh, tragic reasons for why 
but it was an incredibly disruptive disruptive force, right? And I, I've told multiple people, I, I don't think this is hyperbole, Corey, that I think what happened last year in education is the single biggest single year transformation of the educational system in the history of the world. In one year, like in, in one week, all of a sudden everything yeah. changed, right? And I don't think there's ever been anything like that. And so another thing I think it did is it forever broke this paradigm that change has to be slow in education. People have been saying that forever. Hey, don't expect education, education to change fast. It's gotta be slow. Teachers aren't gonna be able to adapt to this quickly. No, hey, we saw it can happen. It was, it can be done. And as we leave the pandemic, hopefully eventually here, right? Let's never forget that change doesn't have to be slow. We can change now as we're looking at issues that have really cropped up into the forefront now, like things like equity and anti-racism, social justice and all that. Hey, we don't have to wait years to change the system about these things. Let's change these things now. And, and I think that, uh, again, it's a complete and utter tragedy for people who have been affected uh, in a negative way by COVID. But let, let, let's look for some of the let's look for the, some of the bright spots as well. Definitely, definitely, and and that's what you know. This past summer, I've been an administrator for uh, virtual summer school, and so we've had a lot of asynchronous, you know, and synchronous learning compo- compared to like us just releasing random assignments for kids to do in a pinch late spring. And, you know, just seeing these teachers get online and meet with their students. And, you know, I feel like good teaching is good teaching. The, the teachers out there just need to take a deep breath, relax, and just put your passion and all just into a virtual model. Yeah, absolutely. So the um, what, and one of the things that Stacy talked about in Tech with Heart is, so we have a lot of students in a face-to-face class environment who maybe have um, some anxiety around speaking in class. They're not the hand raisers. They're not the blurter out of answers. You know, the ones that are raising their hand real fast and blurting answers, those are our fast processors. Those are our extroverts. But we have a lot of students who either are introverts, maybe they have a little anxiety around talking in front of other people. Maybe they're just a little slower to process information, which is perfectly fine. But they sometimes get trampled in that face-to-face classroom environment. And now we have this opportunity to empower all voices through these asynchronous ways and through technology. And these students have tons to share and tons to say, but they just aren't getting maybe the, that opportunity in that face-to-face environment, or they haven't, um, if, it has, if you haven't been intentional about that. And now we have a chance to really allow them to open up and to become major contributors to the classroom through, through these methods. And I hope that's another thing that, that stays post-pandemic as well. I'm with you. And I was talking with one of my teachers this week. We were kind of debriefing and she's pumped to use technology when she gets back into the room because she's really enjoyed like videotaping her lessons, putting them on our Schoology platform. Um, And then, you know, the kids could watch them, but then come to all of her office hours that she had available for the kids. And so if she did that in the real classroom, she could have kids watching the lesson and she could be bouncing around helping each kid individually or, or helping different groups and different things like that. So you know, I'm learning a bunch from an admin role and from a teacher role with all this technology change. Yeah, I think the, for people that are willing to be innovative, creative, and to kind of uh, really embrace this moment, I think there's going to be some great opportunities. I'm with you. So what do you what do you expect? You know, teacher work week is right down the line. And what do you expect? What do you recommend teachers do to kind of prep for this virtual classroom? What are some tidbits, some some Dave Burgess, you know, walk the plank tips that you recommend? Yeah, so first of all, one of the things I've been sharing as often as I possibly can is I think 
that you have to accept the fact that there's going to be some shifts coming forward. Like, there's not going to be one way school is this coming year, I don't think. I think whatever your district has done, the best laid plans, right, it's all going to maybe go out the window as soon as there's some positive cases on your campus. Hopefully there won't be. But every single plan that I've seen, I think it could change in a heartbeat if we have a little spike somewhere. And so I think that you need to be prepared for, hey, maybe it's going to go all remote again. Maybe it's going to be, maybe you're going to start face-to-face, then move remote. Maybe you're going to be remote at the beginning and then move face-to-face. Maybe there's going to be a hybrid model. And maybe it's going to be all three of those things over the course of one semester, moving back and forth in and out of them. Uh, and, And so... I think that that's kind of, you have to start with that mindset. And I think if we can start with that mindset, then there won't be so much stress and anxiety when that happens. We, hey, we were prepared. We were ready for this. We knew that this might happen. And so I'm really kind of trying to convince teachers to, you know, don't get so, um, don't get so bought in to whatever the particular plan is now, because I think, I I think there's going to be some changes probably. The other thing I would say is when I'm doing the virtual presentations with teachers, I'm also talking to them about the techniques and strategies that I'm using in a two-dimensional virtual way to bring charisma and energy into what I'm doing. And so I've seen a lot of teachers who are very charismatic, very energetic, very passionate in a face-to-face environment. And then as soon as they sit down in front of the screen, they also become a little bit flat, not just the screen, right? They become a little flat (laughs) in personality. They lose some of that charisma factor, some of that energy. And uh, so I'm, I'm showing teachers how they can use, how you can move in closer to the screen, move out, use inflection, intonation more, how you can speed up your, your, your talking pattern and slow it back down and drop into a whisper and do all these different things. Use your hands, get closer to the screen, pull them back, uh, take props off screen and bring them on screen, build mystery, curiosity, and anticipation. All these strategies that I talk about in Teach Like a Pirate, which are just good presentational skills for a teacher to have, you can transfer these same skills to a virtual remote environment. Yeah. Yeah. And those are fantastic tips. And just from like a, a tech side, you know, my setup upstairs, I got this like ring light kind of on my wall. So it's good lighting. And I got a couple monitors and my laptop just because that's what works for me. You know, I like the different screens. What What's your setup look like? What do you recommend for teachers um, out there? Yeah. So uh, I have, I also have a ring light to kind of just kind of wash the area with some good lighting. And I have a back, uh, I have a backdrop of either it's all black or I either have pirate flags on it. And so (laughs) I've created, I've created a backdrop over, I just drape everything over a bookcase. Right. And so it's a nice backdrop, have a table in front with all the items that I different need props and all this kind of stuff. And uh, you know, you make sure you get some good sound and that's set. And by the way, if you were to look around, from my perspective at this space, it's a disaster. It's an utter mess, <laughs> yeah, right? right? But what I've done is I've just taken control of that small little, uh, you know, swath of space behind me in order to create something which is a pleasing backdrop, right? So you don't have to, I have one, uh, I, I just spent a couple of months in Hawaii and there actually, my virtual, I was doing virtual keynotes and it had a beautiful, you know, plain black backdrop looked great had lighting all these different things if they would have known where i was Corey, i was in the closet like i was in the mask <laughs> I, 
I was doing keynotes from the master bedroom closet, <laughs> but, <laughs> but I had controlled what the camera sees in order to, you know, in order to have it look regular. But so it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter where you are. You know, sometimes I do them on the backyard patio table, uh, but uh, I do think you don't need to, you don't need to go out and spend a lot of money on some recording studio or anything like that. You know, you control your sound, control your lighting, control the little bit of space behind you and you are set. Yeah. And I think one thing, and I, like I said, I love all those tips. And I think one thing that is also going to be interesting for the kids is, you know, they get to see your space, you know, you're, you're bringing your class almost into your house. You're controlling what they're seeing. But, you know, for me, I've been in a couple of zoom calls and my cat will just jump up on my lap and people who didn't know that I have two fur babies at home. Like they, they get to see that different side of me. They get to see those things from me. So, you know, if teachers kind of look through a positive lens, they can kind of almost try to find a way to introduce themselves to their students through what's around them. I agree, Corey. I think, I think there's some great relationship building, rapport building um, opportunities that are part of this. And, you know, there's, I, I've always tried to convince teachers that there doesn't have to be this, you know, people want to say like, all right, this is my, my work life. Here's my personal life. And I don't want these two things to, to, to interact or to overlap at all. And I've always convinced, tried to convince teachers, no, what's unique about you, you're, your voice that you add to your classroom, your talents, your interests, that's what makes you most effective as a teacher. And so now, I mean, we're, we're even bringing students into our personal space. And I, I, I don't see that necessarily as a drawback. I don't think that's something that you need to hide. Um, and I, hey, my, my dogs have been entering into my Zoom calls all the time. Yeah. <laughs> then, yeah, so, um, no, so I'll, now let's go kind of, first week back you know everyone is nervous kids are nervous because they got to get online you know teachers are nervous because this is brand new for 99 percent of them out there what are some tips and tricks that you recommend for teachers that first two weeks back yeah so for sure i'm a huge believer that we're, you know you're, you're looking to build connections relationships and rapport right off the bat i would also deal uh try to be addressing the fact that we have lots of students who have some, lots of anxiety, some, uh, some trauma from what, what they have been through and are currently going through uh, with the pandemic. And so again, a real focus on SEL, so that social emotional learning, a real focus on relationships, building rapport and doing everything you possibly can to create a psychologically safe place for students and to let them know that you're going to work, whatever, whatever their unique, unique circumstance is, whatever their access to technology is, right? Because it's not, uh, it's not equal access for people out there, right? Whatever yeah. their access to technology is, wherever they are with their living arrangement, their environment, and the kind of support they have at home, you are going to work with them. You're going to meet them where they are and help create a space where they're going to be successful at school. So I think that's the most important thing to really get across to your students right away. I also think that's the time to let's, let's find out what kids are interested in, what they're involved in. We've all, for a long time, people have talked about wanting to have more time for passion projects, genius hour and stuff like this. Well, now we have some of that. They're not all in the same room necessarily with us. They're all in sometimes if they're in a remote learning or a hybrid model, they have some time in their own space. So let's allow kids to dive deep into some areas that they're interested in. that They have some passion around. Mm -hmm. So let's, let's, let's try to find out how we can tie our, our curriculum to things that they're into, plus give them more choice. And so 
Let's be more concerned with the learning that's taking place and less with how they show it. So be less prescriptive with our assignments and say like, here's, here's what I want you to know as a part of this course, but Hey, you get to decide from all these different, this, these menu of choices of ways that you can demonstrate your knowledge. And so it doesn't, every, every assignment doesn't have to look the same. And so we can, we can kind of really open that opportunity for kids. And by the way, if the things on my menu don't appeal to you for how you could demonstrate your knowledge, why don't you student, why don't you come up with something and present with me? Hey, I would like to do this in order to, to present my knowledge on this. Like maybe I want to create a video. Maybe I want to create a podcast. Maybe I want to do a web or whatever it might be. Uh, they want to make a song, but we can open up this opportunity, this choice and a, and a, and a chance to really embrace some of their things that they have self-interest in. Well, and, and I love, love, love the choices. I mean, just, you know, you give in the kid, you teach a lesson, but you give the kids the option of how they want to show their learning. Now's the time. Now's the time for them to, you know, use the materials they have around their house or wherever they live. Now's the time for them to use the technology that they're comfortable with and something they can learn to show their knowledge. You know, I mean, you know, I'm an administrator over art. You know, we're not going to be able to get all these art supplies into these kids' houses, right? So we're thinking of ways of how can we show the learning and have the kids show us that they learn the material. So I absolutely yeah. love the choices, Dave, 100% on board. The, the other thing about this is it's it's more interesting that for you as a teacher as well. I mean, the, the, the worst thing ever is you give an assignment and you have 30 kids turn in basically the same thing. And you're, you're evaluating and giving feedback on, on 30 things that look exactly the same. Now, all of a sudden, you have an opportunity. You're going to have some variety in your life as an educator, too, because some kids are going to present their content in different ways to you. And I, I think it's, uh, again, I, I see that as an opportunity as opposed to a drawback. Now, for the teachers listening out there, you know, what are some of your self-care tips? What are some self-care tips you recommend for teachers, especially, you know, kind of through a pandemic um, that they should practice to wrap up their summer? And then, you know, as things get a little challenging in the fall. First thing is grace. So uh, we have to have grace towards students, for students who are, this is new for them as well, right? Grace for our colleagues and grace, most importantly, maybe for ourselves, and that this has never been done in the history of the world. Like this is this is brand new, and so everyone has been thrown into the position of becoming a learner again. And so it's I think it's given a lot of educators some empathy for you know we put our students in the position of being a learner all the time. Now all of a sudden we were all thrown into being learners at the same time, and <laughs> it, it, I think it's going to increase some empathy. And so we have to have some grace. I've seen teachers beating themselves up because they don't feel like they've delivered the same quality of instruction in a remote setting that they did in a face-to-face instruction. And my answer to them always, what I say to them, it's like, of course not. It's a pandemic, right? And the idea that you were going to take what you did in a classroom that you had honed and crafted over a career and immediately shift it and be able to deliver the same quality of instruction in a remote setting during a, while people are going through a pandemic, it's not a realistic expectation. Uh, but now moving forward, let's continue to have that grace as we try to get as close as we can to approximate, you know, these powerful learning experiences for kids. The other thing is uh, wellness, fitness. You need to, um, and do it now. Don't wait till the middle of the year when you're burnt out. I think a real focus on fitness, wellness, 
health, nutrition, all these things are going to be super important. Um, I've created a morning routine for myself. I get out of bed, I feed the dog, boom, I get moving. No matter what it is, whether I'm on my, I'm on the Peloton, on the cycle, whether I'm running, I've created a routine that I can be a part of. That's kind of that kind of. It's it's not just for the, my physical fitness, but for my mental health as well. Definitely. Yeah. And so I think that creating that fitness, that wellness routine is, is going to be super important. Well, and, and that's that's one thing I've, I've started doing a whole lot more now is get up, get moving and then do what you got to do for the day. And maybe maybe even try to find another way to get moving uh, because, you know, we're sitting around so much. It's it's tough to keep that movement going. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, you know, at, we're kind of coming to this part of the show where we're you know, wrapping up, I really do appreciate your time today. And, you know, I was joking with one of my buddies. I said, you know, besides LeBron James, Megan Rapinoe, you're like the next person I'd want to have on the podcast. Now you bring way more than they ever could into the education world, but those would be like the top three. I would want to have one here right now. Um, oh, wow, man. That's awesome. <laughs> but, but I'm going to, I'm going to start. I, mean, I just finished up Culturize. I didn't know that was one of your books until today. Um, I'm going to start run like a pirate because I'm really interested um, in the running and how that relates to the career. You know, for me, going into the admin world, I've read Lead Like a Pirate. Is there anything else you would recommend to me or any administrator out there? Oh, uh, yeah. So, you know, it's the, the book recommendations. We have so many that are fantastic. You know, Jimmy's work with Culturize and Live Your Excellence is great. Um, uh, George's Innovative Mindset is fantastic. Um, Adam, Adam, welcome. And, and Ray, you were just put out Teachers Deserve It. You know, Kids Deserve It is one of our most popular books. And they just put out Teachers Deserve It. And man, is there ever a time for this message where uh, teachers are being thrown into this situation in which there's a great, great amount of uncertainty, right? And so their message to Teachers Deserve It is a fantastic one to get in the hands of staff right now. Um, yeah, but we have a whole Lead Like a Pirate line of leadership books that are fantastic. We have more coming out. Um, we're excited about the whole line, actually. If you, if you go to DaveBurgessConsulting.com and go to the book tab, you're going to be able to scroll down there. And they're separated out by leadership, by school culture, by you know instructional strategies, all that. And uh, I, I, I'm just so pumped about getting to work with these authors and share their messages. It's almost impossible to choose. You know, if, for if, sure. someone, if someone contacts me and says, hey, this is the specific thing I'm looking for in my school, then I always like send them recommendations. But as far as general recommendations, go go scroll through that tab at dayburstconsulting.com and you're just going to be blown away by the variety and the types of stuff that are available there. Well, and then what I've also really been blown away by is you also have a lot of your stuff on Audible. So, you know, for the people who like to, you know, plug in the headphones and go for a jog or a walk, they're able to get the message even while they're exercising. Yeah, for sure. We, we just, I just saw a post, Kim Bearden, who's, you know, one of our brilliant authors. She has a, a, a relatively new book, fight, fight Song. And I just saw a picture of her in the studio um, just this past week recording the audiobook. So we're moving more and more of the books to audio. We know that's a lot of ways that uh, that's a, a way that's increasingly popular to access information. Um, I do that. I listen to podcasts, audiobooks, things like that while I'm running. Um, and so we're, we're trying to move more and more of the content to places where people can get a hold of it. Well, Dave, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for your time. I know the listeners are going to look forward to having you on and, you know, not hearing my voice, but hearing your message. So I appreciate you so much, Dave. I hope you have a great weekend and, um, you know, a great start to the upcoming school year. Hey, thanks, Corey, so much for having me on the show. I appreciate it. Keep up the good work and 
Uh, I love how many educators are getting out there and sharing their work through podcasting. And it's just awesome.